Hi, guys. I am thrilled for you guys to listen in today to my very first interview on this podcast. And it's someone that I actually was super inspired by in creating this podcast because the fabulous Tammy Williams that you'll meet in just a bit, she was one of the artists that decided to join me in business. And now she and her amazing team of a few thousand make up over half my team, which is pretty awesome. So she has done amazing things both in her network marketing business, but for those of you guys who aren't a part of a network marketing business or are trying to build a business of your own, you will be super inspired by her story as a photographer and also a neonatal nurse. So I cannot wait for you guys to meet Tammy. Her story is super inspiring. And I really feel like if you're looking for some specific direction on how to grow your business without social media, you have found the right episode, friends. Hi, friend. Welcome to the Scale Without Social podcast. Are you looking to build a long-term passive income stream without having to become an online influencer? Are you searching for ways to stay focused and spend your time wisely? I'm Heather, an entrepreneur for nearly half my life. My passion is helping entrepreneurs create simple systems and use time-tested strategies to take their business to the next level. I'm so excited to share with you simple tips, tricks, and tools to help you break down those big goals and grow your business debt-free without having to sell your soul to social. In each episode, you'll have clear action steps and homework to hold you accountable to taking that next step towards your dreams. Are you ready to dream big, gain clarity, and feel free? Break out your favorite pen and notebook, and let's dive in. Hi, friends. Yay. I cannot wait for you guys to meet my friend, Tammy Williams. You're going to be hearing all about her story and her background in traditional business as a photographer, also as a nurse but she is my partner in crime in my makeup business with Saint. She is one of the top 12 artists in the entire company. So I'll, I'll fill you in more on her backstory in just a second. Of course, we'll hear from her um, heart, how she has built her business primarily off of social media. But just in case you missed last week's episode, we did talk a little bit about how in certain instances, it's okay and smart to leverage your personal social media feeds to build on the relationship equity that you've built off of social. So that's going to be one of the bigger themes that we're going to talk about today, but get excited. You guys are going to absolutely love and adore Tammy and her heart. And I can't wait for you to get to know her. Okay. So you guys, Tammy, like I said, is one of the top 12 artists in our entire company out of 30,000 artists. And she is amazing because she has done it by building relationships with all of the thousands of artists that are on her team. So Tammy, before we get into how you did that and how you built your business, I would love for them to get to know a little bit more about what your life was like before you decided to become a saint artist. Well, first of all, thank you so, so much for asking me to do this. I was so honored that you asked me. So yeah, saint. So I will get into my life before saint, but Saint was just like an accidental yes. I always call it the best accidental yes that ever happened to me. It was a spontaneous kind of impulsive decision. But previous to that, so I've had, I'm on my fourth career. I guess I just like to change things up every, every 10-ish years or so. I'm 54 years old. So I've been around a while. Right after high school, 
people. I was a professional model. I got to travel a lot, which was so much fun. Just I, I lived in Milan and Paris and London, New York, Tokyo, LA. So I was, you know, in front of the camera a lot. And then I met my husband on a trip visiting in Savannah. We met, he's from Savannah. We met here, ended up getting married. And I wanted to move back to Savannah after my modeling career. And I was thinking like, what am I going to do? So for some reason, I was really interested in nursing and neonatal IC nursing in particular. So I went to school, got my degree, became a registered nurse and I was a neonatal nurse for almost seven years. And then I picked up a camera again, another accidental, just impulsive decision, literally at Walmart with my husband one day walking through the camera section. I'm like, I think I might get a camera because I, you know, I had like a little point and shoot and I would really enjoy taking photos. So he's like, oh, great. Another thing that's going to end up in the closet those roller roller blades I bought, <laughs> we, we bought, you know, two years ago that you used once, but we ended up getting this camera and it just blossomed into this incredible photography business. It was something I loved doing. I was photographing the little preemies in the unit. This was back before the days of all the, you know, really strict privacy hip laws and stuff like that. But I would take pictures of these, you know, adorable little preemies. Then I had an idea about the birth is one part of life that's never captured. Like we have our weddings captured, we have engagement photos captured, senior pictures and all this, but no one ever captures the beauty of the actual baby's first moments of life. And so I had this idea about child photography. And because I was a neonatal nurse, it gave me kind of a door to stepping into something like that because I was very comfortable in the delivery room. I was comfortable in the OR with C-sections. And so I started asking friends of mine that were pregnant, like, hey, what do you think about having me in there? The pictures will be very tasteful. They'll all be from the head of the bed. And my first delivery I did as a photographer was about 24 years ago. I've done well over 400 deliveries as a photographer, which, and come to find out, I think I may have been possibly one of the first women in the U.S. to ever do birth photography. Mm-hmm. I had, isn't that crazy? I, I had this girl contact me and she had been researching it for about a year and writing a story on the history of birth photography, because now when women get pregnant, a lot of times they think, oh my gosh, who's going to do my, my birth pictures, you know, because it's, it's a very common practice now. And she contacted me and she said, I've, I've narrowed it down. She's like, there was one lady that were midwife, maybe 40 years before you, that were, that was somehow, you know, she was capturing some images at delivery. She says, but I really think that you may have been one of the first women in the whole U.S. to do this. And she wrote a long story. So I did that for about 10-ish years and then discovered Saint Makeup (laughs) and fell in love with it. I was a customer first. I was a customer for a few days and I just, I just had this feeling. I'm like, you know, this is really, really beautiful makeup. It's a really amazing concept, like the minimalist aspect of it. And I thought, I'm just going to like sign up and like, why not? I can share it with my photography clients. I was doing some headshots at the time. And I would just, I was doing a little bit of modeling portfolio work. And I thought, well, gosh, I could just add this in as a little tiny source of, you know, a little extra stream of income with zero plans of anything you know, big or unique, just, I just thought it's just a great makeup. I'm going to share it and use it at my studio. 
So that was very long, but that's my story. That's how I've got my four careers. And they all, they all kind of fit together. I don't know. I guess even being in front of the camera for a long time and then being behind the camera, I learned a lot about makeup and application, even though I'm not a makeup artist and I don't have any training as a makeup artist, but with, with this makeup, you don't, you know, as you well know, you don't need any, any mm -hmm. professional training to do it. So, so that's my story. And I'm saying, what is it? Five years ago. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love how you say it's the best accidental. Yes. <laughs> that you could have said. And I, I have to say one of the things that's most inspiring about your story is it really was based off of you just taking action on those inspirations. And honestly, I feel like that's one of the reasons why your business with Saint has been so successful is you, you listen for those, those little bit of whispers to just dive in and do something. And it has started all of those businesses built on those relationships, right? So when you started the photography business, how cool, I did not know that that was like the first, which think about, like you said, every single woman now, when she gets pregnant, she's thinking about not only her birth pictures, but her like maternity pictures, and then her one month and two month and three month pictures. And you kind of started that. That's so cool. But talk to us because obviously you built that business long before social media and you did it starting with the people that you knew, right? You said that you would go straight to them and say, Hey, you're having your, your baby. How would you feel about me just being a fly on the wall and capturing this beautiful moment for you? So for those who are starting their business or looking to start a new business, how did you feel at that time, you know, and, and what was it that made you just kind of overcome the fear of what somebody would think and dive into something totally unprecedented? Well, I have to admit when I first started, I felt like a total fraud as a photographer. I was using my camera on fully automatic, <laughs> didn't know what I was doing. I have no photography education background schooling, but I did feel like I had a little bit of a natural eye for like nice composition. I saw, I had, you know, the ability to see beautiful, flattering light so, and also I was very comfortable with, you know, babies and newborns because I, because of my neonatal ICU background. So when I started, when I decided to do the photography and you're right, again, it was just an impulsive thing. I think you're right. Everything I've done, it's really been kind of like, I've followed like a little gut feeling about it and just jumped in. My husband at times, I'm sure he thinks that I'm extreme, I'm way too impulsive, <laughs> but I have to say it's kind of led to some of the coolest things I've done in, in my life is just that little itch that just keeps, you know, it's just kind of nagging and I, something keeps telling me like, you should just try this. But it started by asking friends that were expecting their babies, you know, how do you feel about having an extra person in the room? I'll be very quiet. I'll be a fly on the wall, but I promise you'll get some beautiful photos. I did a lot of it free. Initially, I would actually approach obstetricians who were either themselves, you know, the female obstetricians about to, you know, they were pregnant about to deliver. I would ask them if I could do their deliveries for free. If, if, if it was a male obstetrician and his wife was expecting, I would go, I would just approach them. I, I didn't, I've done that with everything I've ever done. I'm not scared to ask, you know, the question, like, how do you feel about this? Or would you be interested in something like this? because I knew that it was something very unique that would appeal to a lot of women and it would be really special for them to have those type of photos. So I did a ton. The first couple of years, it took forever to get off the ground because the thought of having 
someone with a big camera in the delivery room was just too foreign of an idea. You know, it, in, in fact, a lot of people, when I'm in birth photography, that's why a lot of times I'll say childbirth. It just sounds prettier. <laughs> it's like not as graphic. When I say birth photography, people are like, oh, okay. But then I follow it up with, you know, this is, I'm behind the scenes. I'm from the head of the bed. The photos are mainly in black and white. They're very non-graphic, but it was really word of mouth. It was just being brave enough to ask people you know, could I do this? And every once in a while, I would, they would say, I knew they probably weren't that interested. They say, well, let me run it past my husband and get his thoughts. And then they might come back and say, he's not real comfortable having anyone else in there. You know, that was their nice way of saying, no, thank you. But you know, you get no's, which is fine. <laughs> so you're going to get the nose. But it just started taking off word of mouth. And then I was getting calls daily about mm -hmm. like, tell me about what doing and it just grew and grew and grew I had to actually limit it to where I only did like four or five per month wow. because as a birth photographer I was on call 24 7 so I would get calls at 2 a.m you know my water broke or I think I might be in labor so it just was really word of mouth and practice makes perfect initially I was shooting film that gives a little, another little clue about my, my age and how long I've been doing this. I was shooting film. My first few, my first probably 20 deliveries, I shot 10 rolls of 36 because again, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just like, I'm just going to overshoot and see what I get. And out of those 10 rolls, I would have, you know, 20 incredible, beautiful photos. But then as I, as I just practice, like you just have to put yourself out there. Like, you know, I acted like I knew just exactly what I was doing. I walked like a professional. They didn't know that I had everything set on automatic. <laughs> they just, all they saw was the final result. And I, I got better and better just slowly learning like what worked and what didn't work. And I got to where I would, you know, my, at the end there, I was shooting like four rolls of 36. So that shows my progress. And then I switched over to digital that made it a lot easier because you could easily shoot, you know, five or 600 shots or images during a delivery. But it was just putting myself out there not being scared to try it, not being scared to ask people, can I borrow your experience, you know, to maybe give you something that you're, you don't even realize how much you're going to love it at this moment, but it's going to be one of the most special things you own. I, I have ladies now that I've done their deliveries of their, you know, second, third, fourth babies. And when we had a couple hurricane scares and they had to pack up some things in, in their cars, they were going to vacate. They took their, their birth pictures with them because I was doing printed images in albums. And they actually said, I, I didn't pack up a lot of stuff, but I packed my birth, my birth albums. Those are probably my most special thing that I own. So wow. it was just not being scared to put it out there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, there's so many incredible lessons just in that one business alone. I love that you totally failed forward and practice is what made you get better. And over those 400 deliveries and 10 years times, like four to 10 rolls of film, like <laughs> there's no telling how many thousands of pictures that winds up being. And I know a lot of them probably still grace the halls of the hospital, right? Like didn't, didn't, was it St. Joseph's Candler that displays your beautiful imagery all up and down the halls, right? Yes. And Memorial, Memorial had, had a lot. I don't know. I think they've done some renovations in the last, you know, seven or eight years, but there for a long time, my images went down the entire hallways of labor and delivery and neonatal ICU unit was filled with my images. So that was really really neat and special to, to be able to walk 
in the hallways and see that, you know, see my work on the walls. I love that. And I am curious if you feel that the reason why you were able to overcome that kind of bravery, if you were will, or the kind of fear of both failing and not knowing what you were doing, but also I'm sure some of those conversations could have been a little uncomfortable walking into that territory, but do you feel like it's because you knew that you could give them something beautiful that they would cherish forever? Uh, meaning like same thing with the saint business. Like we know when we talk about it and when you sprinkle things like that in the conversation that the makeup or the business is, is for them. So do you feel like that's what kind of helped you overcome those fears was knowing that the end result for them would be win-win? You hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what it was. It's because I knew more than they did. I, that, <laughs> I don't know. Don't mean that to sound conceited, but I knew that when they saw these pictures, like before I handed them the images, because I printed everything and I handed it to them in person and they would through them. I would clean next next to them because especially with deliveries, your body, there's so much going on physically that a lot of times emotionally you shut down a bit. It's just so much physical going on. And so a lot of women, they births are a little bit fuzzy in their minds. They can't really remember vivid details. And so when they would look at these pictures and I really, I'm getting chills as I'm telling you this, because I see it all the time, but I would give the women the pictures and they would just, tears would just start pouring because I would be shooting from the head of the bed, from their perspective. And they would kind of get to relive what they went through that day that a lot of it, they had no memory of. They're like, I don't even remember that happening or, you know, but I knew that I knew, I knew better what they wanted than they even knew. And a lot of the women would say, I'm excited about this. My husband is not really, really thrilled about this, but I kind of like, you know, insisted on having you there. So don't be offended if he's not, you know, super chatty or whatever. He's really like, thinks this is really bizarre having you here. But you know what would happen? I would give them the images and they would call me and they would say, my husband is absolutely obsessed with these images. He's so happy we did this. So again, sometimes it is knowing. I just knew that I was onto something that was something that would have longevity, you know, that they could pass down to their children and that would just would be very special to them. And that's probably what fire me up is to like to be, have the guts to say like you need me there like unless you're just telling me flat out no I'm, I'm, I'm gonna show up I'm gonna be there oh my gosh I love it well certainly your pictures would be better than the iPhone or what well I don't even know if there were iPhones <laughs> but whatever the, the no, shoot that the, no <laughs> then could do so I love that even if you weren't this professional at the time you knew that you could capture something really special for them. And there was value there. Even if you start, had to start from giving it away for free. So can you share an example of a time where you really just kind of stepped way outside your comfort zone and overcame your fears to just take action? What comes to mind, and this is so, this is funny to me, but as a photographer, Again, before I even knew what I was doing, I rented a little studio. I set up a little quote, I'm gonna call it quote studio because again, I had no idea. I didn't even know how to plug the camera into the lighting, like the studio lighting. I did not even know how to plug it in. So I was thinking like, so how can I make this work without having to understand how all of this, you know, use a light meter and how to, how can I do this? So I literally went to like Home Depot and bought this massive to like tungsten hot light 
that that a photographer would literally have laughed me out of the room using. And I set it up in my studio and I did the lights and stuff. I had a little bit of natural window light and I started shooting. It would get so warm that we would have to, we would shoot for five minutes and have to turn it off. <laughs> All of us would have to cool, cool off for a minute. It's so funny. But the pictures were absolutely beautiful. And it's something like when I told other photographers what I was doing, they were like, that is, that's really weird. But then they would look at the photographs and they were like, these are really different. And I honestly think that's what launched my little photography business in Savannah. I kind of became one of the photographers that most people would call when they were pregnant. This is before birth photography. I was just doing like studio stuff. But my studio pictures look different than everyone else's. Wow. Which, you know, I was doing it completely not the correct way, but did it matter? No, it didn't. Because the end result was that I just did it anyway. And it ended up having such a beautiful result that it just became my style of photography. So you never know what stepping out of your comfort zone can like lead into. Oh my gosh. So do it scared, do it anyway. And you never know what kind of inspiration that could lead to in somebody else. So I love that. Exactly. Troubleshoot. Like if you're scared of something, troubleshoot, think of another way to do it. There are a hundred ways to do something. You just have to sit down and think about, okay, if someone's in this position, how would they, maybe if they had to do it, if their life depended on it, what would they do? How could they do it? Oh my gosh. Thank you for sharing that story. I love it. So let's flash forward to five years ago when you randomly decided to become an artist with Saint. I know that that wasn't something that you ever saw as being a career even, right? Like that wasn't necessarily something where you thought that you would, would build the kind of business that you, that you have built. But what's really cool is those same exact principles that you built your photography business are what you did with your makeup business, which is essentially not this social media. Cause you didn't do a live right until like a live video on Facebook until what, a couple years into the business. And you had hit one of the top ranks in the company and you still don't biz- build your business that way. So how would you say those, those business principles applied to you diving in and building a network marketing business like you have with Saint? Um, again, you know, I, I had, I joined on a whim actually by watching you with a adorable, like quick little five minute live makeup video you did on your back porch, getting ready for church one morning. And I was just mesmerized. I was like, this is so cool. I have to have it. So got it. It was just, you know, eating away at me that, that I needed to do this. I remember telling my husband that I had joined this makeup business. He kind of giggled. <laughs> to be honest, he was like, okay. <laughs> It's just something so out of my comfort zone. And I started with no big intentions or big plans with it, but I knew that it was an amazing product and I knew that it was beautiful on the, on the skin. I also knew that it photographed beautifully as a photographer, we call it grabbing light. Like the makeup grabs light beautifully. It's hard to kind of describe exactly what that means, but it, it captures light, I guess, because it's so pigmented, it really just captures light beautifully and it looks real and natural. So again, I felt, I just kind of fell like in love with it and became obsessed with it. So it made it easy to want to show it to everybody. I'm a sharer. Like you can't talk to me without me saying, oh my goodness, have you been to this particular restaurant? It's like amazing. Or, you know, have you tried these 
Pim cookies at the grocery store. Like they have all these layers. I'm just like, oh, my sister-in-law gives me a hard time because she's like, there you go again. Because I, anytime I tell her about anything, she's like, okay, I want it now. I want it now <laughs> because I, I get very passionate about something when I find something really great I want to share. So with the makeup, it, it was, it just really happened really organically and very naturally that when women would come to my studio, I would say, let me touch up your makeup a little bit before we do the photo. I would pull out my beautiful little palette, touch up their makeup, and they all were interested. Like, what is this? You know, this is really pretty. So um, again, I just loved it so much that I found it very natural to share. And I never, I don't find it weird to share when I find, you know, a great product at the supermarket. Like, you know, I don't, like to I try to drink a lot of non-dairy products and there's this new milk called not milk I've told everyone I know about it because it's just so good so I'm just a natural it's amazing yeah it's the closest thing to real cow's milk it's called not milk so it's not hard to not hard to forget but I am a natural sharer I can't keep my mouth shut about stuff I love and I think that's probably that and then not being scared to take action really quickly. Like before I knew what I was even doing with the makeup, I asked my mother-in-law if I could just come to her house and she would bring, you know, over a few of her friends. We had some, some adult beverages, we had some snacks and stuff. And I just put makeup on this group of ladies and we had the best time. And I even told them when I sat down, I'm like, listen, I'm brand new at this. I don't know what I'm doing, but I really think you're going to like the finished product. I may even start and like, wipe it off and start over again, you know, because I'm practicing, but you're going to love it. And when we left, like every person there wanted it for themselves. So a lot of it is just not, it's not hard when you, when you love whatever you're doing, you know, I'm not, I don't enjoy having a very public presence on social media. Like it's like, if you went to my personal Facebook page, you would be very hard pressed to even know that I am affiliated with Saint at all. Like I'll run into people out in public and they'll be like, don't you sell that makeup? I mean, they don't even know that I sell it because I don't, I don't post a lot about it. I don't feel comfortable, like just constantly, um, you know, showing up with like my own, I guess, image or being the face of it. Not to say that doesn't work for a lot of women that really enjoy doing that, but that's not my comfort zone. I'm more comfortable doing it in person and just talking about it in person, sharing it with, you know, friends. I don't push it down their throat, but sometimes by not saying anything after a while, when they see it on you, then after a while, they, they just naturally ask <laughs> like, okay, I want to try this now. Cause that, you know, almost like a little bit mysterious about it. Even when I post about it on my page, I don't always blast the name of the product. I never post my shopping link. And I get women asking like, what is this? How can I get this? Can you help me with this? So I think sometimes a little bit of mystery can also benefit for those women that aren't wanting to do reels every day and go live and do makeup tutorials and just that whether it's not their comfort zone that just shows that there's lots of different ways you can do it. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And that's one of the things I mentioned to you last in last week's episode. And one of the best things I've learned from you is that your social media feed has got to be high value real estate, right? Like when you do post, you better make it count. So a graphic or something, you know, random is not going to sell it, but you're sharing just like you would share about the milk, right? <laughs> or, or I'm doing intermittent fasting because of you, my friend too. So <laughs> 
That's Same. Awesome. I, yeah, I discovered it. I'm like, I tell everybody about it. I'm like intermittent fasting and I have, I know all the reasons it's so good for your body, you know? So I, I'm, I'm always sharing and giving advice, probably some unsolicited, but, but, but also some, some people call about certain things because they know that I have a lot of experience with like animals and pets and rescue and newborns and breastfeeding and that type of thing. So I, I, I just, I'm, you are natural, I think I'm, an expert. <laughs> I'm kind of a natural, I'm a natural teacher. I, I love, 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 love teaching and sharing and helping people, I think is probably a better word for it. So thinking about people who are listening that are a lot like you, they're, they're natural sharers, they're natural teachers, but they're seeing other people dive in just like you probably did when you were growing your business with saying, you would see people going live or trying to take over Instagram. And then of course, reels hit the scene or TikTok or all of those things. How was it difficult for you not to feel like you had to do all those same things? Cause you built your business totally in a different way like word of mouth, starting with the friends, like you said, your mother-in-law and, you know, growing the relationships from there. So was it hard for you to do that? And how, what advice would you give to someone who maybe is feeling that same sort of resistance of knowing they want to do it a different way, but yet everybody else is doing it on social? It's still hard. I still catch myself in the comparison mode constantly. And sometimes I ask myself, okay, if I'm able to do as much as I've done, not really utilizing social media, what am I holding? Am I holding myself back by not doing more? But to be honest, I don't, it's just not something I really enjoy. I think as you get older too, being in my fifties, I'm more selfish with my time and how I spend it. And I have a lot of friends and beautiful best friends in this company that do just an amazing job sharing on social media. And they really enjoy like every day. They love making reels. They enjoy going live. That fills their cup. They love teaching. They like to teach makeup. You know, that's their thing. So if that's your thing, go for it. Um, I, I mean, I, I could just, we have so many amazing women and they probably look at me and they think like, oh my gosh, why isn't she utilizing this tool more often? But I just feel like, for me, it's not my comfort zone. I get really nervous. I get sweaty palms. My heart starts racing like right before I hit record or, you know, or go live. So I'm a problem solver. And so I just thought like, okay, how can I do this differently? Like, what did the Avon lady do? Like back in the day when she went door to door, like, how did she do it? You know, she didn't have all of this. So I just thought of different ways to do it. And even my first video that I posted on my personal page was pre-recorded. And no one knows this, but I pre-recorded it like 20 times because I am a bit of a perfectionist, but I've also learned because of personal development that perfectionism isn't really something that necessarily is a positive thing. What it really is, is fear. It's a, it's fear-based. It's fear of failure is what perfectionism is. My opinion, when you, when you, everything has to be perfect, you're fearful of the way you appear to others. And so I just figured out, you know what, I'm not even going to put myself out there <laughs> to fail. I'm just going to do it differently. I'm just going to do it my way that I feel comfortable with. If I want to do a pre-recorded video and post it, even though everyone else is going live and doing reels, I don't care. I'm just going to do it my way. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I am on social media. I have my own personal Facebook profile. However, again, like you just said, I consider that high value real estate. You won't see just corporate graphics thrown up there. 
if I post something on my personal page, it's going to be a pre-recorded video of myself. It's going to be a story about, you know, doing someone's makeup that went home and usually doesn't get a lot of compliments from their spouse and they go home and, you know, their husband might mention, oh my gosh, you look really pretty today. I had one lady that didn't wear much makeup. She said that her husband never, ever, ever complimented her on anything ever. And she came to the studio one day. I could tell she was really with kind of just real insecure, you know, kind of quiet. I did her makeup really softly and natural just because that's actually how Saint looks anyway. But I did the makeup. She went home and her husband that night just said randomly, you look really pretty today. And she said that he doesn't know this, but she slipped off to the bedroom and she, it, she started crying. It just, it, it impacted her so strongly that he noticed her beauty because we just, you know, we just brought it out a little bit and we covered up some of the distractions maybe that she was insecure about. And so she called me and told me what happened. And so I, you know, not right away, but maybe four or five months later, I posted, I left up obviously names out of the story, but I posted that story about, you know, the details of that on my personal page. And I was inundated with women wanting to come see the makeup because I touched on a nerve. I touched on a pain point that a lot of women have not necessarily waiting for compliments from their husband necessarily, but just wanting to feel better about themselves and wanting to show up as their, their best self. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that story. And that's something that you did choose to share on your social media in a way that helped you connect with the people that you built relationships with that don't have anything to do with the makeup, right? But that is the same type of story that you could share one-on-one in a makeover that would absolutely inspire that person as well. And that's, what's been really fun to watch your business grow and that you, you definitely have built, I mean, you have brought on, oh my gosh, 50 to a hundred or more artists over the five years personally. But what's really cool is you, when we launched Canada, you didn't even know a single person in Canada, right? But yet just through building relationships and you did do it online, not in the typical ways. It was from a relationship building facet, right? Like you now have 30% of the Canadian field on your team, which is like kind of mind blowing. So how would you say like when people are having conversations, maybe that are virtually that aren't locally, or they feel like maybe they don't know anybody to grow their business. What is it that is there advice that you could give them to help them not feel weird about it, but that could share the value of the business they have to make it win-win for people that they haven't really connected with before. I feel like when you're connecting with women that you've never spoken to before, and I did utilize, you know, social media has some amazing tools. I did utilize some Facebook ads to do that, but that was only the purpose of that was just to have just a tiny audience of people that would, were, would perk up and be like, what is this? And so anyone that like, you know, liked or commented on the little ad at that point, that's where kind of it got off of social media and it went to a personal conversation through voice. Like I, I think I catch a lot of women off guard. They'll message me these long messages and I'll respond back to them with my voice recording. Like I'll just hit record and I'll just talk to them. 
And a lot of women, they'll still respond back through texting and then I'll use my voice again. And after a while, you'll hear all of a sudden they'll come on with their voice. It's like, it's scary for some people, but there's something that you can't replace in real conversation when you're trying to text or message somebody. So I think when I spoke with these ladies and I was telling them like about us launching, I was just like, they could feel the excitement. They I had a little bit of history with the company that I could share with them my personal experience. I would tell them like, listen, there are no minimum requirements. You don't have to do this. You don't have to perform. You're not going to get any pressure, but this is something new that you ladies are going to love. And I would love to like help mentor you through this and, you know, be kind of like your guide through this, if this is something that interests you. And I really think using my voice, a big part of the connections I made and now some of my closest friends are some of the Canadian ladies. It's like we became friends and a lot of them, we became really good friends over like a month of conversations and they chose not to join for whatever reason, but we still keep in touch all the time. And I see maybe they're doing a different business, you know, and I'll check in with them and see how it's going. And, and then I've had some that didn't join initially, but have come back two years later and joined. So it's, you know, it's just really not having any expected outcome, you'll, that, that's where suffering and disappointment comes in when you have some expected outcome. But if you're just reaching out, you know, and you're wanting to connect with these ladies and share something exciting with them, I think using your voice is a really powerful tool. Oh my gosh. So that they hear your heart, they can know that your intentions behind it is just to find out if what you have to offer is something that would serve them. And if it's not, that doesn't mean that you don't want to continue that relationship. And I think that's where a lot of people get that wrong. And I know Bob Heilig is talking a lot about this right now in terms of transactional versus transformational conversations and relationships. And I think that the conversations that you built, they took time. I know you've shared that with me, that you, you did have to take a lot of time to get to know these women, but you're grateful for it because even if they didn't join you in business or didn't buy the makeup, like now you have, now you do know people in Canada, right? Like you've got an amazing, you know, relationship base there that your life has been enriched, not just being in business with them. Right. Oh, exactly. It was time well spent, whether they joined me or not, it was just time well spent. I'm still in touch with quite a few that that have no interest in joining, they're doing something else, but I check in with them. They check in with me. We follow each other. When I do jump on Facebook, if I do go over and like, you know, check out and see what they're up to, I'll comment on some of their posts or if they have, you know, something exciting happen in their family. So it's, it's never wasted time ever, ever. Yeah. I love that. Well, is there any other advice that comes to your mind or heart for somebody that is listening to you feeling super inspired by your story, not just in your current business, but in all the work that you've done, even leading up to this, that you would just encourage them that they don't have to do it the way that, that they're seeing so many others build it, that you don't have to be an online influencer, that you can still leverage the, the ways of social media that can, can build your business without having to sell your soul to the platform. A couple of quick things come to mind. First of all, I am on TikTok, but ironically, it has nothing to do with makeup. It's all animal related and pet related and wildlife rehabilitation. I am obsessed with that. That brings me such joy. I enjoy doing it. And just, I guess, like a random side effect of that is that when people, when people see someone going like out of their way to help like animals or, you know, to, 
really go an extra step to like try to help the helpless or help the little tiny things. They, they get to know you better. They get to know your heart. And then if the conversation ever does come up about a product that you happen to sell, which sometimes it makes it icky that you're actually selling it because, you know, you feel like, oh, they're, I'm just talking about it because I want them to buy it. But they actually, like when I do tell them about it, they know that I'm 100% sincere when I say it, it, what I have, what I'm showing you or telling you about is honestly the best thing on the market. So I think building trust just by doing the things you love and then seeing the multi, you know, faceted parts of your life has been a big thing for me. Also just do it. Even if you're scared, do it anyway. That's, that's mm -hmm. probably, I do it scared, do it anyway. If I had waited until I was like an expert or even like, you know, intermediate level with knowledge about any of these things that I've ever done in my life, I would have never gotten off the ground. Like I have so many ladies sometimes that join the company that they're always getting ready to get ready to get ready, to get ready, to take action. You know, they're, they're just scared. They're not going to know enough and that's, they're going to be embarrassed. It's like, no, just get out there and just be honest with people. When I took my camera to, you know, to deliveries, I'm like, oh, I sure hope my automated setting works today <laughs> because if it doesn't, my if it doesn't, I'm, we're, we're not going to have any photos, you know, not like so you I can put the baby back in, right? <laughs> exactly. It's not something you can stage again. So I think honestly, just being vulnerable and honest with people and saying like, I'm new at this. I have no makeup experience, but I know that if you give me a chance and opportunity to play around with on your face here, you're going to, you're going to love the end result. Or if you give me a chance to let, you know, spend an hour with your family, with my little, you know, cheap Walmart camera, you, I promise you, you're going to be happy with the end result. So I think you have, it's just action steps and it's not being scared to make mistakes. Gosh, if people saw all the images I threw away and tossed in the trash can because they were horrible, like I would, I would shoot, you know, a hundred images and I would feel like if I got five gorgeous images, there was a huge success, you know? So again, if I talk to a hundred women about the business or the makeup or whatever, if even five or six, if it, if it fits, in with their lifestyle and they decide to either become customers and they wear it and they love it and it changes their morning routine or if they decide to join and their businesses are doing great and they have this amazing additional source of income that, like that's a, that's just a huge success to me and I just really that's what that's what lights my fire Oh my gosh. Well, it just shows. And it's been such a joy to be able to grow closer. I've known you a long time from your photography days, but it's just been such a joy to be able to get to do this business with you. And it's so refreshing to watch how you've built your business in a different way. And I told you when I started this podcast that you were one of the major inspirations for me. Cause I'm like, well, well, Tammy did it. I might've, you know, used social media for a lot of the facets of growing my business, but I know it can be done because Tammy did it. <laughs> So I just, I'm so thankful for you just as my friend, first of all, but also for taking the time with me today to share your beautiful, compassionate heart that I know will touch the lives of anybody that's listening today. So thank you so much, Tammy. Oh, you are welcome. And I have so enjoyed your podcast. I share them because again, something I love, I'm a sharer. I share them with everyone I know. So every time you have a new one come out, I post it and share it. And I have uh, all my Telegram chats and, and send it to friends and stuff. So I love what you're doing. And I really um, am grateful and honored that you asked me to jump on today. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you again, Tammy, for everything. And especially for your time today. I love you so much.
Thanks, Heather. Wow. Can you guys even handle Tammy's story? I just knew that she was going to be such a perfect addition to this podcast, and I'm so grateful that she took the time to share. And if you have ever been curious about network marketing or adding an additional revenue stream to your current existing business model, uh, I know every time I hear a story like Tammy's, I want to join again. I wanted to remind you that this is the perfect time because we have a special incentive for Saint where if you decide to enroll as an artist between now and May 12th, you will not only get a ticket to our virtual conference, which is happening on Saturday, May 14th, but you will also get a beautiful pro palette that will help you start your business with success. So if you are interested in learning a little bit more about what the Saint Artist Program looks like, you can text the word ARTIST to 912-405-8912, and you'll automatically get a little bit more information that will help you make the decision. And you can also just respond to that email and let me know any questions you have. Also, if you are curious about what the income potential looks like with Saint, you are welcome to click the description of this podcast or the show notes below, and I will have a link to our income disclosure statement where you can check out the earning possibilities at all the different ranks within our company. So Tammy and I are both artist eights within Saint, and that will just kind of help give you an idea of what that looks like. So I'm excited to chat with any of you guys who want to learn more. And as always, feel free to text me anything you need to that same number, 912-405-8912. You can use the words color match to try this awesome makeup Tammy was telling you about. You can text the word podcast to get updates on all the things, and as well as a link to the Scale Without Social for Female Entrepreneur community over on Telegram. And again, I'm here for anything you guys need. So thanks again for listening and have a great week. Thank you so much for listening today. If you found value from this episode, it would mean the world for you to leave me a review or even better, click those three little dots on the bottom of your screen to share with a friend. Sending you hugs and gratitude. Have a great week.